0: God, just so amazing. I heard yesterday. I remember some weeks back we actually prayed for people who had problems with their eyes. Remember we had that testimony out of sunsprait where uh, someone had been injured at work and, we, and and they had prayed for this person, and his eyes had been restored. The doctor said he, he wouldn 't be able to have use that eye again, and his eye was restored. And it was such a great testimony. And then we went and we said, off the back of that testimony, because the testimony is a prophecy. It tells you what God can do for you. And so we prayed for people who were battling with their eyesight. And one of the guys on the men's camp shared the testimony that right after that prayer, he went and put his glasses on, and he couldn't see with his glasses. And so he took his glasses off, and he could see without his glasses, and he's been seeing ever since. Today we are talking through Acts 3 and Acts 4, the magnificent story of that man, born lame, who could not walk, seated at the beautiful gate, that gets miraculously healed and goes walking and leaping and praising God, I wanted to be there. You know what I'm saying? What did that look like? How spectacular a person who hasn't walked ever, ever. Suddenly, they, I mean, the ankles are made strong. The feet are made strong. I'd love to have seen what that looked like. Did they click, clack back into, space, into place? What did they do? And then he goes walking and leaping and praising God. Such a powerful testimony. Even this me is a prophecy for you. And so before we begin, I want to pray for anyone who has problems with their joints, their bones, arthritis, pain in their legs in any way, pain in their hips, ankles, knees. Find a pain, we're going to pray for it. (laughs) So if that's you, let's go ahead and pray. Won't you just stand up? If you can stand up. If you can't stand up, have the person next to you stand up. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I think everyone can stand up. It's just that he couldn't stand up, you know? If there's someone standing around you, won't you just go lay hands on them? Let's trust together. Let's trust together. Lord God, we, we stand on your word. Lord God, this is not just a pie-in-the-sky prayer. This is prayer based on what you have already done. Holy Spirit, we look at Jesus on the cross who died to save us, to heal us, and to remove our pain. And right now, in Jesus' name, I just speak to every joint, every bone, every damage to any part of this body. And I say, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord God, we speak to those ankles, those knees, those hips, those wrists, those shoulders, those elbows. Those backs, right now in Jesus' name, any damage, we say be healed in Jesus' name. Lord God, I command those bones, those muscles, those joints to be right, right now in Jesus' name. I command you to obey the name of Jesus. I command you to obey the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Some of you are feeling some heat in those places. Just allow that to happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing. You're setting straight. You're setting right. Right now, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? I am going to invite you to just test out that joint or that bone or that whatever it is. Move it a little bit and see how it goes. And please come and report to us any change that you've experienced, because God is faithful. And the more we tell people what God has done, the more we see God doing stuff. So let's be faithful to report on those things and tell people how good God is. Amen. amen. With a name comes some kind of expectation. If you were walking along. (laughs) And you saw one of these products advertised. How confident would you feel in the product? Imagine... Donning your Abibas sweat gear, putting on a Naik Naik cap, some hike sports shoes, going along to get your KLG chicken and a Star Ducks coffee with a cat cot for dessert, all sporting your Rolex watch. The companies that these companies or these people are trying to imitate, do you know they, they spend millions rooting out their imitators? Adidas is, is pouring over adverts to fri- try and find who makes Abibas. And what they want to do is they want to shut them down. Do you know why? Because they give them a bad name. Because you go out in your Abibas shoes your tracks tracksuit pants and heck, they don't last at all and then when you see the ad- real thing the Adidas, you say, oh, that's just useless you see, they, they give the real thing a bad name because you see a name comes with an expectation your experience of a name causes you to expect something or not expect something, and God, God guards his name diligently we see throughout the Bible how the name of Jesus, we sang it today in worship, how the name of Jesus comes with a world. It just does, it doesn't come by itself. When you declare Jesus over something, it brings an entire reality, an entire expectation, entire truth, entire value system. It imposes something on that system. When the name of Jesus is spoken, it changes things. It changes things. With every name, there comes an expectation. And with the name of Jesus comes something powerful. And part of our journey through the book of Acts that we are doing, I believe, is to come to terms with what the name of Jesus means. Those early disciples, when they spoke Jesus over their environments, they weren't just uttering words. They were bringing a new reality. They were establishing a new truth. They were bringing a set of values that was going to interact with an environment and make it different. So, Lord, I want to pray that as as we go through this sermon, Lord God, I want I want the name of Jesus above us so strong, so true, so real. Holy Spirit, I pray that over every life here, a transformation would happen as we think about what comes with your name. Holy Spirit, I'm asking. I'm asking for more than just a sermon. I'm asking for an encounter. Holy Spirit, come and bring Jesus face to face with us. Set us free from ordinariness, Lord God. Help us to see with the eyes of heaven. Help us to see what's real. Help us to hear the truth. Help us to know what you are doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you will remember the story we have been reading in Acts 3. And we're going to start reading it now. It goes like this. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. I have to stop there, because when I was talking about this with Andrew, he immediately said, he asked for alms and he got legs. In honor of that beautiful moment in my lounge, I must let you into it. He asked to receive our arms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, and, as did John, and said, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were strong. Please take note in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And leaping, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. I'm going to take a short break. I'm going to jump a few verses At that moment when they saw all of that, the crowd gathered and Peter began to speak to them and address this crowd that gathered. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob glorified his servant Jesus. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Then... The rulers of the temple hear what's going on they are indignant because basically Peter in his speech is telling them that they you know they were the bad guys in the whole story so they are a bit indignant and they take Peter and John and they lock them up and they bring them out the next morning to give an account of what happens and Peter goes on or the story goes on in Acts 4 This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I know. Just give the Lord a hand. The name of Jesus comes with a new reality. So I'm talking to you today about in his name, and I want to talk about three things that I see in this passage happening in the name of Jesus. The first thing I see happening is that in the name of Jesus, we are made rich. I know some things are going through your mind. Hold on to those things. In the name of Jesus, we are made strong. In the name of Jesus, we are made alive. Let's go back to that made rich, because I know, I know that many things went through your mind when I said that. In the name of Jesus, we are made rich. Some of you are thinking, yes, a quick way to get wealthy. Some of you, however, are thinking, oh, no. I knew there was something wrong with this church. It's one of those prosperity gospel places. Some of you are thinking that. Was I right? Don't raise your hand. If you were thinking one of those two things, just pretend you weren't. But both of those things are wrong. You see, this is not a sermon about being getting rich quickly. It's not a quick, rich scheme. Jesus is not a quick, rich scheme. He's not like an investment that can, can make you uh, a billionaire overnight. That's not who Jesus is. At the same time, we are not a church where you can come and just pay a thousand rand and just take this little bottle of water and in an instant you will be free of all your problems. or just lie on this piece of paper blessed by pastor so-and-so, and you'll wake up in the morning with a million rand in your bank account. You know, we are not that church. Andrew's talking about touching the TV screen, and just money will flow into your bank account. And with, uh, with all due respect, I mean, every, every church has its strength. I am not, I'm not trying to mock anyone. But the bottom line is the gospel is not that. The gospel is not that. You see, what I love about this story is that Peter and John went in somewhere where they had no money. They, they, encu- they were in a situation where they are confessing, I, I have, don't have silver and gold. And yet still, a result that indicated the abundance of a kingdom came to pass. You see, what I see in Peter and John here is that they had moved past a certain reality that, that success depends on my bank balance. They, they had got to a place where now they understood that the kingdom comes with abundance despite my bank balance. And what they, what they were living in was a reality that, God, that, that the name of Jesus stamps a new reality on the situation. That there is never, when Jesus is exalted over a situation, there is always enough. There is more than enough. Everything you need is right there silver and gold i don't have but in the name of jesus rise up and walk what did that man really need he didn't really need silver and gold he needed to be able to walk god looked past the superficial need and he said i will give you exactly what will what will be right for you and i will give you exactly what will glorify my kingdom and show the world how good i am and it is Completely independent of the resources you, you hold in yourself. Yes. Because they're coming from a victorious Christ who defeated everything. Yeah. Who stood victorious over all things. Who is the maker of all things. I mean, if a man had needed silver and gold, Jesus could have just created silver and gold in Peter's hand at that moment. Yeah. There is no lack in the kingdom. There is no lack in the kingdom. And my prayer for all of us is that we will journey with Peter and John into this reality. That we will no longer think of the world or look at the world from a place of lack. But we will be thinking of the world from a place of abundance. From a place where Jesus Christ has won in everything. That the name of Jesus puts things right, makes things work, sets things in their right place. You see, the abundance of heaven follows Jesus' name. I spoke about the fact that Peter and John had moved from one kind of way of looking at the world to another kind of way. Their journey with Jesus had transported them from a a certain mindset into a kingdom mindset. And for want of better words, I want to call them a poverty mentality and a prosperity mentality. You see, there's there's a way of looking at the world that says, I don't have enough to do what I want. I chose those words very carefully. Because when you're thinking from a place outside of the kingdom, from a place of of poverty in your own soul, your wants are your highest priority. And I promise you this, there will never, ever, ever be enough to fulfill all your wants. Because the thing about wants is that the minute you fulfill one, there's another one waiting right behind it. Because there's only one place we can be satisfied and that's in Christ. So when we're living outside of that reality, our wants just keep growing. There is never ever enough. And this kind of thought that I'm looking somehow for something outside of of me to come and and rescue me from my situation. Breeds poverty every single time. I don't care how Wealthy you were born or how poor you were born. Think like this and you will end up poor. So let's avoid that. Should we just do that? Let's just not do that. But there's a way that the name of Jesus comes and changes the way we think. It's the reason Peter and John could confidently stand there and know absolutely be absolutely sure i mean what what kind of faith does it take to grab a man who has never walked by the hand pull him up onto his feet and expect him to walk you know that takes something it takes a confidence it takes an assurance in the in that man's heart that that something is going to happen that there actually is a god on the other side of the name of jesus that is going to do something that he's got this that whatever is needed is right there You see, Peter and John understood that they had everything they needed to do what God was telling them to do. They understood the fact that when they follow what Jesus is saying, when they are living in the name of Jesus, when they have brought all of their life under his authority into that new reality, then there is no lack. Things are set right by the name of Jesus. I have everything I need to do what God is telling me to do breeds wealth every single time. And that wealth doesn't always look like many zeros in your bank balance. It looks like when I face a situation what I need will be there. That I will always have enough. I'm thinking of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 you can go and read it for yourselves but no matter what I face, there will be enough for two things. There will be enough for me to be generous and there will be enough for me to sow. In his name, we are made rich. And I just want to stop there for a moment because I feel like, I feel like I want God to put that in your heart. I want, I want God to help you to see yourself differently. I want all of us to step past that feeling like there's not enough. Like my future is hopeless. Like how will I manage? I want you to step past that and I want you to see that the name of Jesus is written over your life. I want you, I want you to bring all of your life into the name of Jesus, into his value system. And I want you to feel the, ass- the assurance that there will always be enough. There will always be what you need. There'll always be a way to do what God has told you to do. There will always be a way because that's who he is. So in his name we made rich. In his name we are made strong as we read earlier and And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man this perfect health in in the presence of you all. I love the fact that they talk about him being made strong. And I love the fact that they talk about him being in perfect health. Not just in good health, but in perfect health. You know, I have seen it time and time again. That sickness in your body goes hand in hand with pain in your soul. That there's a way that those two things just work hand in hand. I I don't know which one comes first, but they just seem to link arms and become good friends. That when you're battling physically, it affects all of your life, it affects your joy, it affects your relationships it affects your work it affects everything and if your soul is not well we know psychologists tell us time and time again how it literally affects your body yeah. and i love this story honestly this was one of the first songs i ever learned in children's church did you ever learn it i don't know what is it is. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm going to have to sing it you guys are really putting me on spot. silver and gold have i none but <laughs> such as i have had name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he went leaping and walk walking and leaping and praising God walking and leaping and praising God name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk guys thank you thank you I'm not giving up my day job thank you Musa I really appreciate the support right there But that that walking and leaping and praising God—you know there are so many healings in the Bible. But this healing case characterized for me by the absolute exuberant joy this man experiences afterwards. I mean, he didn't just stand up and say, hey guys, look, my ankles are better. You know, I'm, I'm doing better. See how I walk. I mean, he went walking and leaping and praising God. I mean, he's making a scene. He's letting it all out there. It's gathering a crowd. Why? Because he is just so happy and he doesn't care what you think about him. He just, he just wants the world to know that heck, something great has happened. And in this, I see See that there's there's a man who's gone from, from one thing to another thing, and it's not just his body that's been healed, joy has come into his soul. I I was thinking about this man a lot this week. Imagine, imagine you're born and you're not able to walk. I mean that's that's a huge blow. But however, just because you can't walk doesn't mean you can't use your hands. It doesn't mean you can't speak, it doesn't mean you can't sit. So so I was thinking about this. Why were they carrying him every day to beg at the temple? Have you thought about that? He could have stayed home. He could have cleaned fish. He could have cleaned nets. He could have sold things, taken in money and at given change. You know, it's not like this man was unable to do stuff. And yet his family, his loved ones had... Put him in the place where all he could do was beg. Day after day for 40 years. This, this, new, this, this identity was by the people around him was being stamped onto his soul. This is all you're good for. Yeah. This is all you can do. This is who you are. You are a beggar. Yeah. My friends, that's got to do something to a person's soul. It's got to do something to the way they see themselves. And what I love about the Bible as a whole, every time someone is healed, it's much more than a physical occurrence. It's life comes to their hearts. And so when, when we read this, we can read no matter where we are in our, in our life, whether we have pain or physical ailments in our body or if we have depression, hopelessness, just uh, a sense of foreboding anxiety, I don't know, a sense of low self-esteem. You name it, you think of anything that would affect your soul. We can be sure that God can heal that too. And I love how they say he was strengthened. It implies something so beautiful that it wasn't just his legs that were made better. He was made better. He was made better. 3 John 2 says this. He says, beloved, John praying for... the people that he loves beloved I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul God cares about every single part of you the strength of wholeness follows the name of Jesus when the name of Jesus is spoken over your life is put as a banner over your life wholeness comes to your soul wholeness comes to your body In his name, we are made alive. You know, the the particular scripture that I'm referring to that we read earlier is that right at the end of the verses I, I read, it says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know what this does in my heart? It makes me feel safe because the strength of who Jesus comes through that. He's set apart. He's one of a kind. There is no one like him, and I'm in Him. Yeah. There's there's nothing out there that I'm missing out on because there's nothing else that is like Jesus. There's nothing else that can compare with Jesus. In him, you're not, you cannot be hard done by. You cannot be less than the person next to you. Because Jesus is everything. There is nothing out there that is like one step ahead. Or it's, can give you a little bit more. Can give you the foot up, the heads up, the, you know, the, the advantage. In Christ, you have it all. There is no other name by which you may be saved. I said two weeks back that... Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He didn't come to make good people better. He came to make dead people alive. You see, out of Christ we're dead. In Christ we're alive. And that's the difference. Jesus comes to make you alive. So I want to talk about some fake news. Fake news goes like this. You, you need Jesus, but you also need this really clever investment plan. You need Jesus, but you also need this kind of prestige, this kind of outfit, this kind of new car, this kind of platform, this kind of authority. Jesus and something. My friends, it's fake news. I wonder, I wonder how this man, as he was growing up, not able to run around with his friends, probably probably didn't have many friends. Heck, he's been taken as a beggar to the temple every day. You know those kind of people, it's hard to have friends. He probably he probably lived with the pain of thinking, is this all I'm good for? Everyone else I know has aspirations for things. My aspiration is that I would give a big haul of gold coins while I'm sitting at the, at the temple. Did he look at the able bodied people around him and think, gosh, I wish I could play soccer. Gosh, I wish I could go fishing. gosh, I wish, I wish I could get married. Gosh, I wish I could have the things they had. Did he think these things? If he was human, he did. And you see, in that place, it is very tempting to try and save yourself from the pain by finding something that I like to call a false messiah. Find a way that you can dull the pain, make yourself feel better about yourself by reaching out to something other than Jesus. And my beautiful friends, my handsome friends, my strong friends, my noble friends, we all do it. There's not a person in here who hasn't thought look to something else to try and make themselves whole? How many marriages to Andrew and I counsel where the primary issue is that the wife or the husband was looking to the other one to make them feel better? And the problem with false messiahs is that they don't have the power to save you. No matter how much you drink, no matter how much, how expensive the whiskey, it cannot save you from your pain. No, my, no matter how much Netflix you watch, and believe me, I do watch Netflix, but no matter how much Netflix you, wa- you watch, it can't cut away the anxiety you feel about your job. It can't save you. Do I need to go on with the list? Or do you have your own list? I know you like, you're like, heck, I hope she doesn't name mine. <laughs> if I go on long enough, I surely will let name yours. But you see, there is no other name on earth, under heaven, by which we can be saved. No other name. And many of those things that we use as false messiahs, they're not bad in themselves. They're just incapable of doing what we need. And there is only one who can do it. That, and his name is Jesus. I want to close with a story. A man that Andrew and I both know, a friend. I'm going to call him Robert. Is that okay? Robert. He would like that. Robert, Robert, he grew up under more abuse than I can possibly name. Every, every category of abuse that you can think of, he grew up with. As a result, he he dabbled in some false messiahs. He he stole. He drank. He smoked. I don't think he did drugs, but I think that's just because he couldn't find them. As he, as he grew to a- adulthood, he had suicidal thoughts often. He battled with a sense of connectedness. He battled with a sense of who God was to him. He did. He did eventually find Jesus. Jesus saved him. And he reports that in that encounter, he went from dead to alive. There was an instant change in his feelings about himself. He was an instant instant change of who he believed he was. There was an instant change in his personality, in what he did with his life. He no longer stole, he no longer drank, he no longer smoked. He was kind to people because he wasn't very kind to people before that. He pretty much terrorized the school he grew up in. Everyone could see the change. But I love this about his story. He talks about how in an instant everything was different. He knew that he went from dead to alive. But he confesses that there were places in his soul that were just like hidden away, that stayed dead. And that Jesus had to take him on a journey, day in and day out, to restore some things that had been lost. His sense of identity, his sense of community, his capacity to be loved, and his capacity to love others. Step by step, Jesus reached into his heart, found the dead places, and replaced them with life. As we speak, he's very happily married. I know his wife. She attests to the fact that although sometimes he has a few problems, he is a delightful and incredible man to live with. He confesses she also has a few problems. And I feel that is a healthy marriage. They see each other's problems and they love each other anyway. He has three delightful, exuberant, fantastic children. And he's loving them wholeheartedly. One of my greatest joys is to see him with his children. One of my greatest joys. Because when I do, when I see that, I see what can happen when someone dead encounters the living God. God. I can see what happens. I can see that it's not, just, it's not just a change in someone's individual life. It's a generational transformation that affects the world. The world is constantly trying to give you the fake news that all you need is to follow this really fantastic Instagram account and follow all these fantastic rules for life that will transform you. All you need is this kind of music, this kind of outfit, this kind of job, this kind of that, this kind of this. And it's all fake news. It's all fake news. You see there's only one name and his name is Jesus. The biggest the biggest difficulty or the biggest threat to our nation is not corruption. It's not poverty. It's star-ducks Christians. It's Christians who profess one thing but they haven't brought everything into the name of Jesus. They haven't allowed the name of Jesus to transform their inner man. They haven't allowed the name of Jesus to inform their values, their behavior. But that's not us. Amen. That's not us. The name of Jesus comes with provision, strength, and life. Live in his name. Lord Jesus, I come and I pray for every one of us. Lord God, thank you that the name of Jesus is enough. It's written over our lives. It's written over our homes. It's written over our nations. Lord God, we bring all of who we are into your presence. Lord God, that the name of Jesus would be above all things in our lives. Because your name comes with a new reality. With a new reality. I'm going to invite you all to stand and if there's anyone here and you've never been made alive in Jesus that the name of Jesus has never reached down to the place where you have said yes to him perhaps you've been around a church a lot perhaps you've been around religious people a lot but You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. you never recognized that your, your lifestyle and your thinking has been outside of, outside of God and you want to bring it in and you want to acknowledge that you're turning from your sin and you're turning to Him. Is there anyone, if there is anyone here who would like to, who would like to make that change in their life, I'd love us to all pray this prayer together. You prayed with me, Lord Jesus, I come to you, and I surrender my life to you. Lord, I ask that your kingdom would come in me. I acknowledge Jesus Christ as the only name by which we might be saved. Lord, I repent and turn from all those false messiahs I've been using, all those ways I've tried to save myself. And Lord God, I acknowledge you as the only way. Come and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. I receive you. I believe you. If you're here and you made that commitment, maybe this is the first time, but maybe it's also not the first time. Maybe you you had a time when you moved away from Jesus and you need to recommit your life to him. If any of you did that, I would love you to just raise your hand because I'd like to pray for you. Is there anyone who did that? Thank you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand high. Thank you. Anyone else? Give them a hand. We see you, and we rejoice with you. I'm going to ask, if you raise your hand, if you wouldn't mind coming forward, I'd love to actually lay my hands on you and just bless you. So just come out of your seat if you raise your hand and come forward. there's someone here and you didn't raise your hand, but you think, I really should have raised my hand. Come on up. Lord, we bless these. We bless these with every good thing. We say yes. We open our hearts to them. We open our, our, our homes to them. We open our church to them. We say you belong. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. In Jesus' name we say amen and amen the last thing I want to pray for, for everyone, I just want to pray that there would be no poverty mindset in us. Can we just pray that? Can we just believe that? Can we just, can we just ask God to take our minds and just rewire them? Bam, bam, bam. I mean, let it just be a miraculous rewiring of the way we see the world. So Lord God, right now, I pray over everyone here. Father God, come and make us whole. Come and strengthen us. Come and set us free. Come and set us free from ourselves, Lord God. Strengthen our bodies. Strengthen our minds. Help us to see right, Lord God. Right now, in Jesus' name, I break the hold of poverty on every mind here, on every heart here. Lord God, I pray as we sleep, you would rewire our brains. As we talk, as we read our Bibles, rewire our brains. Help us to see right, to understand right to hear right, help us to live right, help us to follow you wholeheartedly, strengthened by the power of your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen, amen. Love you great people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.